The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Cruise Radio. I cruise a lot and I always sail with travel insurance. You should too. Get a free quote today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is this is Cruise Radio. Here we go, here we go. Welcome to this episode of Cruise Radio. My name is Doug Parker, a review of Mariner of the Seas today. Also, Matt Hotchberg from Royal Caribbean Blog is stopping by to answer a question about bidding for an upgrade on Royal Caribbean. And of course, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. Cruise Radio News, the podcast that runs opposite of this one. You can find that by typing in Cruise Radio News where you listen to your favorite podcast. All right, Sherry Laskin is here from Wrangell, Alaska with Cruise News. Hi, Sherry. Hey, Doug. So Carnival Cruise Line gave an update as to why Skyride continues to be closed. Yeah, and rumors have been swirling for a few weeks over the reasons why Carnival suddenly closed Skyride aboard the Vista and the Horizon. Plus, no one really knows exactly how long this popular attraction will be uh, considered out of order. So Carnival Cruise Line stated that Skyride was undergoing extended maintenance. That's the words they used on both ships. Carnival also said they were making every, quote, making every effort to complete any recommended work as quickly as possible. So, you know, one of the possible reasons that's floating around is kind of plain and simple, and that would be attributed to weather erosion. You know, it's an outdoor attraction. You know, that's probably the logical answer. And just a little bit of history about Skyride. Its first appearance was aboard Carnival Vista when the ship was launched in 2016, and it was also the first ship in Vista class. So the second installation of Skyride was aboard, obviously, Carnival Horizon, which was the second Vista class ship, came out last year. And then when Carnival Panorama debuts this December, it will also have the Skyride. So no definite reason has been stated. You know, stay tuned for updates. And I'm sure we'll have the, the reason and, and actually the date when this popular attraction will reopen. All right. Royal Caribbean is adding a twist to some stops at Perfect Day at Coco Cay. Yeah, they are. And, you know, I'm not really sure for whom this will benefit, whether it's Royal Caribbean's coffers or their passengers' affinity for another beach day. But Royal Caribbean just announced that they will add a handful of cruises that include two visits to their recently enhanced Perfect Day at Coco Cay, their private island destination. So on other sailings that don't include two separate stops, the ships will extend their stay at Coco Cay into the evening hours. And I'll explain this a little bit more. These special Perfect Day departures will begin on September 30th this year, and they're going to include, uh, they will happen aboard the Mariner of the Seas and the Navigator of the Seas. So, for example, on September 30th, Mariner of the Seas will leave from Port Canaveral on a four-night cruise. First to Coco Key, I'm sorry, Coco Cay, (laughs) then NASA, followed by a return trip to Coco Cay. Both visits to Coco Cay with the Mariner are from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. So on the next cruise that's three nights, 
Mariner of the Seas, we'll call it Nassau, then Coco Cay, then back to Port Canaveral. But here's where they shake it up a little bit. For the Navigator of the Seas departures from Miami, the three-night cruises will also call it Nassau, but the stop at Coco Cay will run from 8 a.m. until 10 p.m., so that we'll have plenty of time for guests to buy into the special attractions and spend more money. I think Disney does this. They call it like a double dip, right? Where they do like two two stops at Castaway on select sailings. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could call it that. Sure. Yeah, I think uh, so. Yeah, double dipping or, yeah, just a repeat. <laughs> it's a little deja vu for some people. I don't mean to sound harsh, but if I spend over $250 million to spruce up my private island, I think I want my visitors to stay longer <laughs> and spend more to help me recoup my expenses. Yeah. If you can wait a little longer, later this year, Royal Caribbean will open their new beach club and it will have overwater cabanas and an infinity pool. And for those who choose the three-night navigator of the seas from Miami, you know, the one with the longer stay, you can expect to be treated to what Royal Caribbean is calling a Bahamian Junkanoo Jam-Up Party. And there's also going to be, you know, the usual island barbecue, live calypso music, and just before sail away, there will be a fireworks farewell show. Exciting stuff. Virgin Voyages has released more sailings, at this time going into 2021. Yeah, that's right. Virgin Voyages has just released more information about Scarlet Lady's upcoming cruises. And the reservation calendar is now open to book a cruise that departs from April 1st of 2020 through, like you said, March of 2021. And so some things have changed now that cruises to Cuba are prohibited by the U.S. government. So instead of cruising to Cuba, Virgin has quickly created three new itineraries, and all of them still depart from Miami. All three of the new itineraries include a day at Virgin Voyages Bimini Beach Club and will feature pool parties with a celebrity DJ and bonfire gatherings on the beach. If you want a quick lowdown on the three new itineraries, there's a five-night cruise to Costa Maya and Bimini Beach Club, and that has a name called Mayan Soul. And the second option for Scarlet Lady is another five-night sailing called Dominican Days, D-A-Z-E. And this cruise will call at Puerto Plata in the Dominican Republic and Bimini Beach Club. And if five nights is too long or just too expensive, there's a third option called Fire and Sunset Soirees. And this four-night cruise, so the others are five, this is only four departs from Miami with the first stop at Key West, and you're there from 8 a.m. till 7 p.m. And then it's on to Bimini Beach Club from 10 a.m. until a whopping midnight departure time. And with the late departure, guests will be treated to an after-dark beach party complete with bonfires. But um, just a quick uh, recap and what makes Virgin Voyages 2,770 passenger Scarlet Lady unique is that, in case you forgot or didn't know, it's nearly an all-inclusive cruise. So what I like and what you'll find are, finally, unlimited Wi-Fi included, basic beverages, gratuities, fitness classes, and all the specialty restaurants. And, of course, um, if you've been listening, you'll know that you have to be at least 18 years or older to cruise on Virgin Voyages. Some exciting news out of the Norwegian Cruise Line camp. Yeah, well, Norwegian Cruise Line's latest ship, Norwegian Encore, has successfully completed a major milestone in shipbuilding. The new ship saw daylight for the first time as it floated out of the Meyerwurst shipbuilding dock in Poppenburg, Germany. 
Norwegian Encore is in the final phase of construction and will stay in the shipyard port until it's finally completed. And at the end of September, the 3,998 passenger ship will be conveyed up the Ems River, which is really a big deal to watch. People line the, sh- the, the riverbanks to watch the ship slowly meander towards the North Sea. Norwegian Encore will be delivered to the cruise line on October 30th of this year and christened in Miami on November 21, followed by the first sailing on November 24th. And they are all seven-night cruises. We've been talking with Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks, Doug. This next question comes from James, and to tackle it is Matt Hotchberg from RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Hey, Doug, we're cruising Royal Caribbean's Navigator of the Seas on a three-day weekend cruise on September 20th. I have booked a guarantee room. When will they assign the room, and if I don't like the room, can I move? Also, I was offered a chance to bid for an upgrade. I put a bid in. When will I find out if it was accepted? Thanks, James. All right, Matt, it's all you, buddy. Thanks, Doug. That's actually a really interesting question. I get this a lot. And the answer to both questions about when will the room guarantee be assigned and when will the upgrade bid be accepted are the same answer, which is uh, there is no set answer. It kind of depends. When it comes to guarantee rooms, you know, getting the actual assignment really runs the gamut. I've seen it take just a couple days and I've seen it go all the way until like a day or two before the actual sailing. For the bid upgrades, it's also kind of just, we'll let you know when we're ready to let you know kind of situation. So for James's question, really, you just got to wait and see in both situations there in terms of which one's going to come through and what the answer will be. Eventually, it will show up there. For the guarantee room assignment, you got to keep checking back. Eventually, your reservation will simply update itself and have a room assignment For the upgrade bid, theoretically, you're supposed to get a message back with a confirmation of, yay, it was accepted, or no, it was not accepted. Uh, But either way, you're playing the waiting game, which means more time to listen to cruise radio podcasts in the meantime. I think I'm going to go make me a lobby doozy, so it's back to you, Doug. This is Cruise Radio. When is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? Market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation a affordable and unforgettable by visiting cruisingexcursions.com. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. 
Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at cruiseradio.net. James and his family just returned from a four-night cruise aboard Royal Caribbean's Mariner of the Seas out of Port Canaveral. It went to Nassau in their perfect day at Coco Cay. James, is it Coco Cay or Coco Key? What are you calling it? I call it Coco Cay, but I hear I hear it pronounced the both ways. So, <laughs> yeah, okay, I, okay. I call it Coco Cay. So we're not crazy. Got you. Welcome to the show, James. Yeah, thanks. I'm glad to be here. I'm excited. So you're up in Indiana, and you made your way down to Florida. Give us some pre-cruise thoughts. Like, what made you want to take this four-night cruise? Because four nights really isn't a long time when you're coming from Indiana. No, it's not. And a little bit of backstory is my daughter, myself, and my wife, we are cruise people. And we have been on my family, my extended family, for a very long time to get them on a cruise ship and have always been told, no, 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 no. <laughs> well, when they launched the Mariner, I started showing pictures, and I thought, you know, a four-day to get the family kind of involved would, would be a great one. So I finally convinced them after many years and it was over 4th of July week and it worked out perfectly because it was my parents, uh, 66th wedding anniversary also. So it just, it worked out perfectly. So that's, that's, uh, and plus I wanted to see the Mariner with all the new upgrades too. And of course, Coco Cay. Yeah, they did a lot of cool stuff to Mariner and, of course, the private island there. Um, so you made your way down here. Did you do any pre-cruise time before you got on the ship? Uh, just a little bit. So we, since we live in Indiana, we flew Allegiant down to Sanford and rented a car. So we got down the day before. Uh, we drove. We rented a car and we drove to Port Canaveral. We stayed at the Homewood Suites right there at Port Canaveral, mm-hmm. which is an awesome location because we woke up uh, Monday morning and opened up the, the curtains in the room and right there was the ship. Um, and they offer a shuttle back and forth. So that was, uh, you know, just, just today, I'm a firm, belie- firm believer of going to the port a day before because I don't like the stress of worrying about it. So that's that's pretty much it. It's a travel day, but we didn't do anything outside of going to the hotel. So, How far in advance did you book this cruise? Uh, 12 months, almost exactly 12 months out. Were you tracking the price? Like, Did you notice if it went up or down over that 12-month span? No, I didn't because I used a buddy of mine that owns a travel agent, and he was able to put together a group cruise. Okay. So the pricing was pretty decent. Okay, gotcha. So you make your way to the cruise terminal. How was embarkation boarding Mariner of the Seas? You know, Doug, I tell you, we just recently, back uh, on spring break, we were on Symphony of the Sea out of Miami. And I thought that was quick, but Port Canaveral was flawless. I mean, literally flawless. We... We got to the port at about 10.30 to 10.45, went through security, up the stairs, and right on the ship. I, 15 minutes. Wow. Max. And that was with 15 of us. Wow. <laughs> Very cool. And f- 15 of us and one and two 85-year-old people and one of them in a scooter. So, yeah, 15 minutes. Just flawless. Do they have digital embarkation there at Port Canaveral? They do. Okay. Uh, they do everything from their iPads. Um you know, I made sure everybody, because I was kind of the in charge of the group, so I made sure everybody had done all their online check-in, had all their paperwork. We had half the group that was traveling without passports, even without my recommendation. They mm-hmm. didn't listen. Um, even with that, it was still just, it, they just have it set up perfectly. So, You walk on board Mariner of the Seas. What were your first impressions? You know, <laughs> I guess I was expecting like an Oasis class, because, you know, when an Oasis class, you walk on right on to the Royal Promenade. Mm-hmm. With the Mariner, um, with Mariner class ships, you walk into deck four, and then you have to go up a deck to the promenade. Um, so kind of a little, little less underwhelming because you walk in and you go up the stairs and then you see the promenade. 
but just really excited. I mean, I love the Royal Promenade. I think that's one of Royal Caribbean's best features that they have because I think it's a, it's a definitely a wow factor. Um, been on ships before that have the grand atrium with the, you know, that goes all the way up. But I think looking the length of the ship, what looks like a mall, I, I just think is, you know, just overwhelming almost. And the family, they were, their jaws were all dropping just immediately. They, it's just a beautiful, just a beautiful entryway there. So this ship is about 15 or 16 years old at this point, I think. Um, yeah, Could it was you built tell? in 2003. Okay. Yeah. So about that. Could you tell of any age or did it look like a brand new ship? You know, honestly, no. Like I said, we were just on the Symphony back in March, mm-hmm. and this ship looks as classy and as new as the Symphony does. Wow. You know, maybe not as modern with some of the artwork and some of the features, but as far as, like, you know, the woodwork and the just the carpeting and just everything all around the ship, it, it, it looks and feels like a brand-new ship almost. This may be a loaded question here because there was 15 of y'all, but I'm going to ask you, what kind of stateroom did you book and what did you think of it? I was lucky enough when I organized all this, we were able to get six hump rooms. Mm-hmm. So we were on the hump, if, if you're familiar with what the hump is, you know, the superstructure sticks out a little bit and it gives you a little bit more space on your balcony. We were able to have the the balcony doors open across all six all six rooms. So we had one gigantic balcony that ran the length of the hump. Um Actually, I, I really liked the rooms. There was a lot of space in it. In my room, there were three of us, myself, my wife, and my 12-year-old daughter. So there were three of us in there. Um, a lot of room. One thing I was shocked about, there was tons of storage, tons of storage for three of us to put our, you know, to put our bags away and put uh, all of our clothes out of our bags. Each of us had space in the closet or in the drawers. You know, there's not one thing that, since it is an older ship, there's not um, a lot of USB ports. I think there was one, mm-hmm. but I always take a USB po- a USB tower with me. So, um, no, the room was great. I mean, it was very well appointed. I mean, as far as, you know, just the way it looks, the beds were super comfortable. Um, and like I said, there again, for three of us, not a problem. And across the rest of the family, everybody agreed. Nobody had a single bad, single thing to say negative about their rooms. I have to ask, bathroom glass or plastic curtain in the shower? Plastic dome door. How's that? Okay, there you go. <laughs> all right. So it's... Uh... You know, it's that. Yeah. And they're a little tight, but all most cruise ship showers are a little tight. So Let's talk about dining on this four-night cruise aboard Mariner of the Seas. And we'll start at the Windjammer up at the top. How was your experience there at the buffet? The Windjammer is was very good. Um, a lot of options, a lot of variety. Never really crowded. I mean, of course, you know, during the breakfast hours and then, you know, a few other times there were some, you know, just had, had to look a little bit for our table, but never really bad. The food was always hot and fresh. And I would tell you, my dad is 86 and he eats and he's very picky and never said a bad thing about any of the food. So Windjammer was definitely our breakfast and lunch uh, go-to for the four days and always had a great meal. Always had a great meal. Hamburgers were great. My mom loves hamburgers and said some of the best hamburgers she's ever eaten. So, Does that ship have uh, like the Johnny Rockets or Johnny Rockets Express? It's got a full Johnny Rockets. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife and my daughter went there one afternoon, and it was $11 per person of charge. And, you know, typical Johnny Rockets salads and burgers and stuff, but they enjoyed it. My okay. my daughter did have the, uh, if I remember what, the, the refreshment package where she could get, like, um, milkshakes and stuff. So that was included in her. So she was able to get milkshakes at, you know, no additional cost. Now, as mm-hmm. far as the main dining room, what time dining did you have, and how was your experience in there? So we had first seating, 530. 
there again, there were 15 of us, so they couldn't get us all at one table, but they got us at two tables next to each other, next to the window. Could not have asked for a better location. And up until this point in time, when it's just myself, my daughter, my wife, we always do freestyle dining or pick your time dining or whatever you want to call it these days. And we never go to the main dining because we're always got too much going on. But since it was a big family, we, like I said, we had the two tables and there again, every single meal was, was wonderful, was great. Of all the cruise ships we've been on, we figured out this was our 15th cruise. This was probably the best set of staff that we've ever had in the dining room. The head, the waiter and the assistant waiter were absolutely wonderful. And there again, my dad's very picky and he constantly asked for different things and they just, they treated him like he was a king. And it, I mean, they, they were absolutely wonderful. The best we've ever had. This was your 15th cruise. Are you strictly Royal Caribbean? No, we used to, we used to cruise Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, like everybody, we used to cruise Disney until the prices got too high. Um, my wife and I, we first started cruising a long time ago. We cruised Carnival. Mm-hmm. Um, but the last four years has been all, have been all on Royal. Any other like uh, specialty dining on your four-night cruise? I'm a big hot dog guy, so they have a hot dog stand on this ship up by the pool deck. The hot dogs were, you know, a wide variety. You know, you have your pork dogs, your chicken dogs, your New York-style dog. So the hot dogs were really, really good. Of course, you can't go by the pizza place. They don't have a dedicated pizza place, but it's inside the Cafe Promenade. But you can't go through there without eating some pizza. <laughs> and the pizzas, you know, cruise ship pizza, it's always good. It's edible. You know, fills your belly. And that was about it. We didn't do any specialty dining this time around just because there were so many of us. Yeah. <laughs> inside the Cafe Promenade, is all the, uh, the food in there free? It is. Yep. Okay. So they have pizzas and sandwiches and salads and fruits and cookies and desserts. So, yeah, it's all free. Let's talk about the entertainment on this four-night cruise. What would you think of it? Entertainment was okay. <laughs> there again, I hate to compare it to the symphony, which you can't because the entertainment on the symphony of the sea is mind-blowing, uh, you know, because they have the space. So there was a ventriloquist that was hilarious, was very, very good. Then they had a uh, magician one night that our comedian slash musician that was very very good their main show which i don't remember the name of it we all walked out of it's basically just a musical it's a it's a royal caribbean owned production yeah it was okay a lot of people echo the same thoughts that you just said i wonder if we're not too far off from the cruise line scrapping their musicals it was it wasn't very good yeah. yeah i mean it was it was entertainment nothing else to do you can go sit and watch it but it it was okay yeah so that's how i feel with um, carnivals are kind of just blah outside of the theater there um you know of course there's music all over the ship the crew staff does a great with the parties in the promenade because we were there on fourth of july we had a big fourth of july party mm-hmm. where they had lots of music and they dropped thousands of balloons and just really upped it on fourth of july um, they also had a seventies party one night, which was, was great. A lot of fun too. Um, my, the three of us and my nephew went to a hush party. Okay. Well, you know, that's when you've heard that where you are silent disco. Okay, yeah, sure. party. They call it a hush party. We thought we'd just go check it out. And that was one of the funnest things I think we've done in a long time. So what, what really did you, why did that. you like it so much? It was just interesting to, to put on the headphones and have your music and then just to dance around and be crazy. And like I said, you could see across the room and somebody else because their headphones had two channels. They had a blue channel and a green channel. So if I was on the blue channel, I could look across the room and see somebody that was on a green channel and was dancing totally different. And then if you would take your headphones off, you heard no music, but you heard everybody singing to their own music. 
it was just <laughs> it was crazy and it was just it was just a lot of fun we we thought we were only going to stay there for a few minutes and we ended up staying for the whole hour and a half that they did it so <laughs> Def, definitely worth a try if you get on a ship and they have a silent disco or a hush party it, they're just a lot of fun Let's talk about the ship during now with a Fortnite cruise. Do you have do you have a sea day in there? Yep. So the first full day was a was a sea day. As far as moving the crowds around at sea, I heard that the ship was pretty well full because it was Fourth of July. Mm-hmm. But even the day at sea, we had for fifteen of us had no problem finding chairs all next to each other. We didn't get up early and go chair hogging. We got up about nine o'clock and went up and got our chairs and we all hung out there all day long buffet wasn't bad on sea day there's there's a lot of activity so there again it's not a massive ship it's a definitely a large one but there never was really a crowd anywhere except for the royal promenade you know that's where you usually get most of your people hanging out but a lot of activities there and just really never felt crowded and that's something that my family was concerned about was you know 3,500 passengers i don't want to be around people it wasn't the case yeah, I was just so. I was looking at the tonnage, and it's like 138,000 tons, I think I read, and that's a pretty good yeah. guess to space ratio there. Some ships these days are 130,000 tons and carry almost 5,000 people. Yeah, it was a lot of space, and there were even times on the pool deck that there were empty chairs because mm. there was a ton of them. So, yeah, no problem. Loved it. Loved it. During this massive dry dock this ship got in early 2018, did it get anything mm-hmm. like the sky pad or anything like that? It got the sky pad. It's got two perfect storm water slides. Mm-hmm. I think it still had the flow rider before. It has a rock wall, has these lily pad things that the kids can climb up about a deck high that, you know, you just get inside them and you climb up them. It has hammocks up on the athletic deck that you can just hang out and swing. We did the water slides. Water slides are water slides. Nothing too exciting, but, you know, they're water slides. We were excited to do the sky pad. They just recently opened that up about a month ago. Mm-hmm. Because it had been closed, obviously, from the accident earlier in the year. Right. But they finally opened it. With opening, it caused me not to be able to ride it because now they put a weight limit on it. Oh. So the weight before, I think there was like a 300-pound weight limit. And now I believe it's like 225. Okay. So I wasn't able to do that. Uh, my daughter and my wife were. And they both did like the – it's like a Candy Crush game where you're jumping up and down to grab the candies. And they said it was definitely a lot of fun. Awesome. So they really enjoyed that. Most of everybody in the family did the flow rider. Mm-hmm. Uh, flow rider is great every time that, you know, you do it. And then, you know, of course, the hammocks are great just to hang out on. And then, the you know, the lily pad things that you climb up are – my daughter loved that and talked me into doing it. A couple of them were a little tight to squeeze through, but I made it to the top and back. So <laughs> <laughs> The the sky pad and the flow rider, is that something you can book before you cruise? No. Well, the sky pad, yes. Okay. Um, you can make the reservations on that. The flow rider, no. You just kind of go and you stand in line and wait for it. Okay. And the wait wasn't too bad. We did it when we were in Nassau, right after we got in the afternoon in Nassau. And I think we waited maybe like 15, 20 minutes for it. And they only have one, so they split it in half. So you basically have two people going at the same time. Okay. How was the smoke situation in or around the casino? You know, and from listening to your podcast, I know that's one of the questions you always ask. So I really kind of tried to make sure that I that I kind of noticed that. And the way you get to the casino, one of the way is there's a spiral staircase that goes down from the Royal Promenade. And you can actually look down and see some of the machines. Never got a, never got a smoke, smoke smell. So um, never went actually to the casino, but just walking by that staircase there, never noticed any kind of... Uh, smoke smell coming from there at all. Perfect day at Coco Cay and Nassau were your ports of call. Let's talk about mm-hmm. Nassau first. Uh, what'd you do there? 
Well, you know, of course, Nassau is Nassau. You hate <laughs> to say it. I, you know, one thing that we say about uh, Nassau, I think it's one of the prettiest ports that, that cruise ships go to. Um, there's just not a lot there to do. Yeah. But I did found something this time. I did the jet simulator. Awesome. I don't know if you've heard about this. Yeah, that's a cool thing. Um, I had heard that from another podcast, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to try this. It was 140 bucks, $150, I mm-hmm. think it was, for 45 minutes. It was the neatest thing I think I've done in a long time. I'm a big airplane guy. I love airlines. And it's the full simulator. My wife and daughter got to go in and sit behind us. Um, you know, I sat with an instructor, and we I was able to pick whatever airport and to take off from and whatever airport I wanted to land at. Um, definitely, if you go back, which you probably will, Definitely look into that because it is it is very it is a lot of fun and I think it's a great value because it was just myself and then the instructor and I think I could take off a plane now right now. <laughs> so, so I take I it you're I not... could get it down the runway. Anyway, okay, put so, it that way. So you're not a pilot by day then? No, okay. no, not at all. <laughs> Never been in a pilot seat before in my life, and it's you know it's it's the real deal. It's it's the full. They actually do seven thirty seven pilot training in this. So cool. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And your next port yep. of call was Perfect Day at Coco Cay. And boy, Royal Caribbean spent some money on this place. So what were your thoughts of it? I tell you what, Doug, we don't have enough time in this podcast <laughs> to go over at Coco Cay. Um, there again, being my 15th cruise, only thing I can say is their marketing team named it exactly right, a perfect day. And it it truly is a slice of heaven. And when you pull up to it and you see that massive, you know, slide tower there and you just see the island, you know, we, we got excited. We're like, you know, we can't wait. And myself and my daughter and my nephew and my niece, I had bought um, the water park passes for us, for us four. So we got off as soon as we can to get to the water park so that way we didn't have to deal with the, the lines. And I tell you what, Doug, I've ridden some water slides in my life. But these things are a lot of fun. I mean, <laughs> the tallest one that they talk about at the top of Daredevil's Peak, you know, I was standing in line next to a kid behind me. And he goes, this is the world's fastest water slide. And I'm like, yeah, OK, whatever. I'm a 50-year-old man, and I screamed all the way down. <laughs> I mean, literally, uh, I couldn't believe how fast I was going down this thing. The water park is amazing. If you go back, it's I think we paid $49 for it for mm-hmm. the day pass. Just well worth it. Just the, all the slides are unbelievable. And then once the entire family got over, we went to the Oasis Lagoon, which is their big pool or their lagoon, as they call it. So I think it's like the largest pool in the Caribbean. Just it, it really, truly cannot get any better. I mean, they've got tables that are in the water. They've got the swim up bar. Just the water is great. The, the drinks are awesome. The weather was unbelievable because there were so many of us. We rented a cabana, which was right next to the pool. And we paid 399 bucks for it. It had power outlets. It had a fan. It had a couch. They it had weight service, so they could order food if you wanted. They had you know cooler full of water. The beach is pristine sand water. They actually have a floating bar on one of the one of the sides of the islands that you can swim out to and get a drink. And they have music. While we were out by that, as we got back down the water, and about four feet from us was a four foot lemon shark oh, wow. sitting on the bottom. They were all over out there. And, of course, the bartender's like, you know, they're lemon sharks. They don't bother anything. And then a few minutes later, a big stingray just swam right by. And, it, I mean, I've got a picture of it. And it looks like we're in a pool. I mean, the water is that clear. I mean, I literally could go on and on. The food, the buffets there were different than your normal barbecue buffets. I mean, they had a variety of whatever you wanted. 
pretty much. It was kind of like an extension of the Windjammer. You know, you had your barbecue and your hamburgers and that kind of stuff, but then you had all other kinds of stuff. It's an amazing place. Was, if you haven't been there, you need to get there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I totally do. Uh, was there paid food on there or was it all free? There's one place called Jack Shack that is a paid restaurant. I didn't go buy it, so I don't know what the menu was. Um, I think I'd heard like some wings and some other stuff, but there's no reason to pay for it. I mean, yeah. the, food, the other food is so good. And there was never a wait. I mean, there's there's three different locations that they have the buffet, so there's never a wait. And that was the other thing, too, With while we were there. We were the only ship that was there. And, you know, there again, 3,500 people. The island was pretty well deserted. I take it that dock can accommodate two ships at a time? I was talking to one of the uh, crew members, and they said eventually down the road, they're going to they, – that's what that's their plan is to be able to have two ships there at the same time. And, yeah, yeah. and even at that, unless you had two Oasis classes, there's still plenty of room that I don't think it's going to make any difference. Were people uh, going up and down in that big balloon? I saw it go up once or twice, but okay. I didn't really – see it going up a lot have you ever done that balloon at disney springs before no i've seen it but i've never gone up in it so characters in flight or something like that yeah i've never done that either interesting all right so anything else you want to share about perfect day you got to get there i mean if anybody's listening that are thinking about they want to go to it we're we're like i said we're big cruise people and we swear we would never do a three-day i would do a three-day just to go to coco Cay. (laughs) nice i mean it is that it's a slice of heaven it really is a slice of paradise. So I take I it you say. had perfect weather there then. Yeah, we did. It was hot because you know we're we were there on July uh, July fourth. Mm-hmm. No, July, yeah, we were there on July fourth. So it was hot, but it still I would go back as much as I could. So you make your way back on the ship and you head towards mm-hmm. Port Canaveral, back home, mm-hmm. back to reality. How was disembarkation for you? I was a little concerned about this because there again, because of my parents and the mobi- mobility issues that mom has, and she was in a scooter. We were off the ship and in the shuttle going back to the hotel by 9.15. Pretty accessible for her throughout the whole voyage? Yep. She was able to go to any deck. Uh, She was able just to actually come up to our room and ride her scooter actually through the door into the room. So we didn't have to leave it outside. Never had any issues with not being able to go anywhere. So very, very accessible for her. This might be a random question, but um, a lot of folks who travel with scooters, they have to charge them in the hallways. She was able to charge hers inside the room? Yep. Pulled okay. it right in and just plugged it right into the outlet. Very good. And it was one we had we had rented it from. It was kind of a last-minute thing. We had rented it from a uh, medical supply place right there in Port Canaveral. So it, was, you know, it wasn't even ours. It was theirs. And yeah, it just plugged right into the normal outlet. Any first-time tips to offer someone either sailing on Mariner or going to Perfect Day at Coco Cay? You know, I mean, just... Mariner is a great ship. There's a lot of activity. You know, as always, my biggest tip is do your pre-work, you know, do all your check-in online because that saves so much time. Um, Coco Cay, just enjoy because it is an amazing place. Looking back over this four-night cruise, what was the biggest highlight for you? Well, outside of Coco Cay, I, I think the biggest highlight was finally getting my entire family on a cruise. And on the last night at dinner, my dad asked, he said, so when are we doing this again next year? That's awesome. Gotta yeah. love that. Yeah. Everybody was like, and we're, and we're, we're planning for July of next year. They all were like, oh my God, I can't believe that, that, that this was this great. And my wife and I laughed and like, we've been telling you crazies for years to come with us. <laughs> and now you see what we've been talking about. Cause Did- my, I mean, a little bit of my, my dad had had cruised about 50 years ago, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And he didn't like it. And I, I just kept trying to tell him it's not the same cruising that it, that it used to be. And he's like, um, he's, yeah, they're sold. 
everybody is completely sold on it now. So, you know, being with the family, our day at, at Coco K with the family, hanging out in the pools and just drinking and just having a great time. I mean, it doesn't, it just didn't get any better. Did you get the drink package? I didn't. And my wife didn't because we just don't drink that much. Mm-hmm. But my brother and his wife and my sister and their wife and his uh, and her husband did. And their son did actually, and they they're like it's it's definitely well worth the cost of it. So, did you happen to buy internet on this uh, the selling? I did. My daughter's a Snapchat freak. <laughs> How was even it? Though we tried to limit it. It was okay. Um, you know, it was U.S. Women's uh, semifinal game while we were on, so we got it because she wanted to watch that. It was a little bit choppy with trying to watch the game. Um, you know, you're trying to stream video, live video over it, so it. It wasn't bad. I would say it wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. But just the internet wise, otherwise using it for, you know, pictures and Snapchatting Facebook, it was perfectly fine. If you could tell Royal Caribbean one thing about perfect day at Coco Cay, what would it be? Don't change a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Because, you know, what's going to happen is as it gets popular, they're going to start adding, you know, pay for this, pay for that, you know, trying to keep wanting up it. They've got it exactly where it should be. Just leave it at it is and let people enjoy it because it they 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 literally did it perfectly. Yeah, and if you want to experience this place, you should probably do it sooner than later because they've been slowly starting to dial those prices up a little bit on those sailings. Right, right. Yeah, yep. Definitely. Well, uh, in closing here, what are your final thoughts of Mariner of the Seas? Definitely worth making sure that they get there and, you know, use the Mariner because I think the Mariner is uh, a fabulous ship. Even though it's not, you know, not a super large ship, it's a wonderful ship. Awesome. James, thanks for sharing this review, my friend. All right. Thanks, Doug. I look forward to talking to you soon. We always enjoy answering your cruise excursion questions. If you have one, drop me a line, Doug, at cruiseradio.net. Fielding today's questions is Rob from cruisingexcursions.com. Hey, Rob. Good afternoon, Doug. How you doing? Good, buddy. Jumping right to it. The first question is from James. Suggestions for Santorini? Oh, definitely. I think Santorini is just one of those islands that just absolutely gorgeous um so i definitely recommend our scenic santorini shopping and winery tour you know it's a must do if you're porting there for the full day it'll take you to all the little hidden secrets of santorini so first of all you'll stop at oya which is the hilltop village obviously famous for the, the white buildings and the blue domes and it offers some gorgeous views there over the gulf of santorini okay so you spend some time in oya you'd have a guided tour and some free time given then after you've spent your time in Oya, you then move to Fira, which is the capital of Santorini. And from there, you'll get to um, visit a local winery where you'd have some wine tasting. It's a choice of three of, um, three of the local wines. And then once you've had your, your tour and tasting at the winery, you then again have some free time in Fira. So if you wanted to maybe do some exploring, some souvenir, souvenir shopping, or if you've got the taste for the wine, maybe a further glass of wine after, <laughs> after your trip to the winery. And then with a return back to the port also. So it kind of covers everything in one handy little tour. Um, it offers the best of Santorini. The next question comes from Kristen. She says, I'm going to overnight in Russia. Are there any evening activities and how does the visa work? Definitely something we get quite often. So obviously you know, most ships are porting either for two days or three. It's very rare that you'd have a ship there for one day. Um, so we do have quite a few different um, excursions that we can offer for the evening. We have a trip to the evening folk show which is like a local Russian Cossack dancing and that sort of thing. Um, we then offer, for certain dates in port, tickets to um, the ballet as well. So the chance to see a Russian ballet whilst you're in St. Petersburg, you know, it's not to be missed. Um, it could be a, one of three shows, so either the Nutcracker, Swan Lake, 
or Don Quixote. Um, so it's definitely a very popular option um, to take in the ballet. But our most popular evening tour um, is by far the evening river cruise. And that would pick you up from the port, take you into the centre of St. Petersburg, where you, you would board the ship. And you would take a lovely cruise down the River Neva. And it just gives you a different perspective to St. Petersburg. As you can imagine, if you're there in the daytime, and it's the hustle and bustle of the city. But then to see it at night time, when it's very tranquil, you know, all the buildings are lit up. You'll see the Hermitage, the Winter Palace, in all its glory lit up. The Church on Spilt Blood, and St. Isaac's Cathedral. Um, so it really just gives you a different side to the city. And um, I would definitely recommend the Evening River Cruise. And the way that works with the visas is that all the tours that we offer for St. Petersburg are inclusive of a blanket visa. So that covers you for the duration of the excursion that you've booked. So should you book a two-day tour or the evening tour, you are covered for that excursion with the visa that we provide. And we would just need full passport details. You can provide them to, to them as little as seven days before your sailing, and we can still get these visas all arranged for you. And there's no extra charge for the visa? There's not, no. There's okay. not at all. It's something that we provide free of charge. Interesting, because I um, just jumped through some hoops to get a visa for Vietnam, and I had to pay 100 bucks for that visa, and then I had to buy an additional visa for Cambodia, and I think that was like $48 or something like that. So, yeah, mm-hmm. visas being included yeah. is a good thing. Oh, definitely, yeah. It can be quite a costly process if you were to go down to the embassy and get like a full Russian tourist visa. Mm-hmm. Quite lengthy, quite costly process. So to get this all taken care of, you want um, in the tour by ourselves, then... Um, it's definitely the way to go, I think. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the next question comes from Mike. We're booked on a Baltic cruise in 2020. Looking for ideas in Oslo and Berlin. For Oslo, I'd always recommend our Oslo Highlights and Surroundings tour. So it's only a half-day tour, so four hours, nothing too strenuous. Um, begins in the heart of the city. So your first stop will be the Akershus Fortress, which is an ancient medieval fortress there. And then you'll also see the modernist Oslo City Hall, so straight away, you'll see the contrast between old Oslo and new Oslo. You'll also see the Storting Building, which is the seat of the Norwegian Parliament, the Royal Palace, and the National Theatre, all within the, c- the centre of Oslo. You'll then take um, a trip to the Holmenkolm Ski Jump. Um, now, skis aren't included. You won't need them. But it does offer just some gorgeous views of, um, of Oslo itself and some wonderful panoramic views. So if you are into photography... Um, and that is a hobby of yours. I would definitely recommend this tour um, and to take some pictures up there because it is breathtaking. The tour would then finish with a trip to Frogner Park, um, which is where there's 212 sculptures by an artist by the name of Visualand. Um, and they're all displayed there. Very scenic gardens, lovely park. Um, it's a nice way just to end the tour after you've had that tour of like, the main city, the hustle and bustle, then just to relax in the gardens um, before returning back to the port. And then for Berlin, as I've mentioned to you before, Doug, I'm sure, Berlin is probably my favourite city in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been there a couple of times. I absolutely love it. So much history, you know, from the World War, um, obviously to the fall of East and West Germany as well. So our Berlin city tour is a full-day tour of Berlin, and it literally takes in all the main sites and all the history that you would want to know about Germany and Berlin itself. So, of course, you're going to see, you know, um, the wall. And it's surprising because I thought the wall was just like a little section, but you'll see it scattered through the city um, and how it used to run through and kind of divide Berlin itself. So you'll get to see the wall, um, Checkpoint Charlie, um, again, a very famous, um, famous site that a lot of people want to see. When I was up there, they had a lot of guards um, in some US um, military gear and some UK and German military gear. And it was, it was quite fun. It was, 
it was a good a good sight to see. You obviously have your pictures taken with them. You also see the Brandenburg Gate and the Jewish Memorial. So it really does cover everything that you would want to take in in Berlin. Um, now it's a four day tour. Um, it's around about 12 to 13 hours. So you just have to fit the porting times of the ship just due to the transfer from the port of Watermond to Berlin itself. So that's just one thing to take into consideration. But if your ship is in port for long enough, then definitely the Berlin tour is, um, is not one to be missed. Like I remember being a kid and the Berlin Wall being destructed. So like we're, we're coming up like on 30 years on that in a couple of years, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it was like 89 or 91, something like that. All right, mm-hmm. here we go. Next question comes from Lauren. Porting in Copenhagen and have no clue what to do. Any suggestions? So we have a tour called the Wonderful Copenhagen Tour. Now, it's a half-day tour. So again, like the Oslo tour, nothing too strenuous. You know, you're not off the ship all, all day. And the tour would start. You'd be met at the port. And your first visit would be the Little Mermaid. Uh, now, a lot of people want to take in this site. It's a very famous site within Copenhagen. It's a little bronze statue, and it's just located on the water side there. Um, so you'll get to take in uh, the Little Mermaid. And then from there, you'll then take a walk to the Nyhaven district. Now, I'm sure this is um, somewhere that you've seen before. It's where they have all the coloured buildings, all the old coloured buildings, and they're intertwined with all the modern bars and restaurants. So it's a really good mix of like old Copenhagen and the new side of it as well and how they're married together. You would then move along to actually the centre of uh, Copenhagen itself. So you're going to see the Amalienborg Palace, which is the home of the Danish royal family. And then from there, once you've had your tour of Copenhagen, you'll be given some free time, you know, where you can explore on your own, maybe get some refreshments, do a bit of people watching with a coffee, something like that. And it's just a nice, very relaxed tour, um, just to take in all that Copenhagen has to offer. Rebecca has last one. Suggestions for Stockholm. Yeah, I visited Stockholm myself um, last year. It's known as the Venice of the North um, because it is built on the canals, very much like Venice. Um, and also known as the beauty on the water as well. So it's a very stunning city, a gorgeous, gorgeous place. So I definitely recommend our Stockholm highlights with the Vasa Museum tour. So this will take you to the medieval old town of Stockholm, where you'll see the Royal Palace, the Parliament Building, the National Museum. And again, the contrast with the modern city centre as well, and the Royal Dramatic Theatre. And it also takes in um, the Vasa Museum, which is where they have um, a the warship that was sunken and it's been resurrected from the sea it's now housed in the museum and it's absolutely breathtaking for myself i'm quite a big history buff so i was just amazed by that and you get around about 45 minutes within the vasa museum um, which is plenty of time to take taking all the sites learn all the information and then once you've finished in the vasa museum you would have the option if you wish to stay in um, stay in the town and make your own way back to the port but of course the tour will return you back to the port as well Very good. We've been talking with Rob from CruisingExcursions.com. Thank you so much, Rob. Once again, Doug, you're very welcome. All right, Dougie, here we go for uh, the new uh, Cruise Radio stuff here for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at CruiseRadio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at CruiseRadio.net.